Join me on my journey as I explore wealth in all areas of life. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucrative Society. Welcome back, my friend. This is the final segment of The Science of Getting Rich. What's funny is that every time I've said that title, I wanted to call it Think and Grow Rich, which is a completely different book. I don't know why I'm thinking about that one. Maybe I'll have to read that one sometime in the future on this show. But for today, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. Chapter 15, The Advancing Man. What I have said in the last chapter applies as well to the professional man and the wage earner as to the man who is engaged in mercantile business. No matter whether you are a physician, a teacher, or a clergyman, if you can give increase of life to others and make them sensible of the fact, they will be attracted to you and you will get rich. The physician who holds the vision of himself as a great and successful healer and who works towards the complete realization of that vision with faith and purpose, as described in former chapters, will come into such close touch with the source of life that he will be phenomenally successful. Patients will come to him in throngs. No one has a greater opportunity to carry into effect the teaching of this book than the practitioner of medicine. It does not matter to which of the various schools he may belong, for the principle of healing is common to all of them and may be reached by all alike. The advancing man in medicine who holds to a clear mental image of himself as successful and who obeys the laws of faith, purpose, and gratitude, will cure every curable case he undertakes, no matter what remedies he may use. In the field of religion, the world cries out for the clergyman who can teach his hearers the true science of abundant life. He who masters the details of the science of getting rich, together with the allied sciences of being well, of being great, and of winning love, and who teaches these details from the pulpit will never lack for a congregation. This is the gospel that the world needs. It will give increase in life, and men will hear it gladly, and will give liberal support to the man who brings it to them. What is now needed is a demonstration of the science of life from the pulpit. We want preachers who can not only tell us how, but who in their own persons will show us how. We need the preacher who will himself be rich, healthy, great, and beloved to teach us how to attain to these things. And when he comes, he will find a numerous and loyal following. The same is true of the teacher who can inspire the children with the faith and purpose of the advancing life. He will never be out of a job. And any teacher who has this faith and purpose can give it to his pupils. He cannot help giving it to them if it is part of his own life and practice. What is true of the teacher, preacher, and physician is true of the lawyer, dentist, real estate man, insurance agent, of everybody. The combined mental and personal action I have described is infallible. It cannot fail. Every man and woman who follows these instructions steadily, perseveringly, and to the letter will get rich. The law of the increase of life is as mathematically certain in its operation as the law of gravitation. Getting rich is an exact science. The wage earner will find this as true of his case as of any of the others mentioned. 
Do not feel that you have no chance to get rich because you are working where there is no visible opportunity for advancement, where wages are small and the cost of living high. Form your clear mental vision of what you want and begin to act with faith and purpose. Do all the work you can do every day and do each piece of work in a perfectly successful manner. Put the power of success and the purpose to get rich into everything that you do. But do not do this merely with the idea of currying favor with your employer in the hope that he or those above you will see your good work and advance you. It is not likely that they will do so. The man who is merely a, quote, good workman, filling his place to the very best of his ability and satisfied with that, is valuable to his employer. And it is not to the employer's interest to promote him. He is worth more where he is. To secure advancement, something more is necessary than to be too large for your place. The man who is certain to advance is the one who is too big for his place and who has a clear concept of what he wants to be, who knows that he can become what he wants to be, and who is determined to be what he wants to be. Do not try to more than fill your present place with a view to pleasing your employer. Do it with the idea of advancing yourself. Hold the faith and purpose of increase during work hours, after work hours, and before work hours. Hold it in such a way that every person who comes in contact with you, whether foreman, fellow workman, or social acquaintance, will feel the power of purpose radiating from you so that everyone will get the sense of advancement and increase from you. Men will be attracted to you, and if there is no possibility for advancement in your present job, you will very soon see an opportunity to take another job. There is a power which never fails to present opportunity to the advancing man who is moving in obedience to law. God cannot help helping you if you act in a certain way. He must do so in order to help himself. There is nothing in your circumstances or in the industrial situation that can keep you down. If you cannot get rich working for the Steel Trust, you can get rich on a 10-acre farm. And if you begin to move in the certain way, you will certainly escape from the clutches of the Steel Trust and get onto the farm or wherever else you wish to be. If a few thousand of its employees would enter upon the certain way, the Steel Trust would soon be in a bad plight. It would have to give its working men more opportunity or go out of business. Nobody has to work for a trust. The trusts can keep men in so-called hopeless conditions only so long as there are men who are too ignorant to know of the science of getting rich or too intellectually slothful to practice it. Begin this way of thinking and acting and your faith and purpose will make you quick to see any opportunity to better your condition. Such opportunities will speedily come for the supreme working in all and working for you will bring them before you. Do not wait for an opportunity to be all that you want to be. When an opportunity to be more than you are now is presented and you feel impelled toward it, take it. It will be the first step toward a greater opportunity. There is no such thing possible in this universe as a lack of opportunities for the man who is living the advancing life. It is inherent in the constitution of the cosmos that all things shall be for him and work together for his good and he must certainly get rich if he acts and thinks in a certain way. 
So let wage-earning men and women study this book with great care and enter with confidence upon the course of action it prescribes. It will not fail. Chapter 16, some cautions and concluding observations. Many people will scoff at the idea that there is an exact science of getting rich. Holding the impression that the supply of wealth is limited, they will insist that social and governmental institutions must be changed before even any considerable number of people can acquire a competence. But this is not true. It is true that existing governments keep the masses in poverty, but this is because the masses do not think and act in the certain way. If the masses begin to move forward as suggested in this book, neither governments nor industrial systems can check them. All systems must be modified to accommodate the forward movement. If the people have the advancing mind, have the faith that they can become rich and move forward with the fixed purpose to become rich, nothing can possibly keep them in poverty. Individuals may enter upon the certain way at any time and under any government and make themselves rich. And when any considerable number of individuals do so under any government, they will cause the system to be so modified as to open the way for others. The more men who get rich on the competitive plane, the worse for others. The more who get rich on the creative plane, the better for others. The economic salvation of the masses can only be accomplished by getting a large number of people to practice the scientific method set down in this book and become rich. These will show others the way and inspire them with a desire for real life, with the faith that it can be attained, and with the purpose to attain it. For the present, however, it is enough to know that neither the government under which you live, nor the capitalistic or competitive system of industry, can keep you from getting rich. When you enter upon the creative plane of thought, you will rise above all these things and become a citizen of another kingdom. But remember that your thought must be held upon the creative plane. You are never for an instant to be betrayed into regarding the supply as limited or into acting on the moral level of competition. Whenever you do fall into old ways of thought, correct yourself instantly. For when you are in the competitive mind, you have lost the cooperation of the mind of the whole. Do not spend any time in planning as to how you will meet possible emergencies in the future, except as the necessary policies may affect your actions today. You are concerned with doing today's work in a perfectly successful manner and not with emergencies which may arise tomorrow. You can attend to them as they come. Do not concern yourself with questions as to how you shall mount obstacles which may loom upon your business horizon unless you can see plainly that your course must be altered today in order to avoid them. No matter how tremendous an obstruction may appear at a distance, you will find that if you go on in the certain way, it will disappear as you approach or that a way over, through, or around it will appear. No possible combination of circumstances can defeat a man or woman who is proceeding to get rich along strictly scientific lines. No man or woman who obeys the law can fail to get rich, any more than one can multiply two by two and fail to get four. 
Give no anxious thought to possible disasters, obstacles, panics, or unfavorable combinations of circumstances. It is time enough to meet such things when they are present themselves before you in the immediate present, and you will find that every difficulty carries with it the wherewithal for its overcoming. Guard your speech. Never speak of yourself, your affairs, or of anything else in a discouraged or discouraging way. Never admit the possibility of failure or speak in a way that infers failure as a possibility. Never speak of the times as being hard or of business conditions as being doubtful. Times may be hard and business doubtful for those who are on the competitive plane, but they can never be so for you. You can create what you want and you are above fear. When others are having hard times and poor business, you will find your greatest opportunities. Train yourself to think of and to look upon the world as something which is becoming, which is growing, and to regard seeming evil as being only that which is undeveloped. Always speak in terms of advancement. To do otherwise is to deny your faith, and to deny your faith is to lose it. Never allow yourself to feel disappointed. You may expect to have a certain thing at a certain time and not get it at that time, and this will appear to you like failure. But if you hold to your faith, you will find that the failure is only apparent. Go on in a certain way, and if you do not receive that thing, you will receive something so much better that you will see that the seeming failure was really a great success. A student of this science had set his mind on making a certain business combination, which seemed to him at the time to be very desirable, and he worked for some weeks to bring it about. When the crucial time came, the thing failed in a perfectly inexplicable way. It was as if some unseen influence had been working secretly against him. He was not disappointed. On the contrary, he thanked God that his desire had been overruled and went steadily on with a grateful mind. In a few weeks, an opportunity so much better came his way that he would not have made the first deal on any account. And he saw that a mind which knew more than he knew had prevented him from losing the greater good by entangling himself with the lesser. That is the way every seeming failure will work out for you. If you keep your faith, hold to your purpose, have gratitude, and do every day all that can be done that day, doing each separate act in a successful manner. When you make a failure, it is because you have not asked for enough. Keep on, and a larger thing than you were seeking will certainly come to you. Remember this. You will not fail because you lack the necessary talent to do what you wish to do. If you go on as I have directed, you will develop all the talent that is necessary to the doing of your work. It is not within the scope of this book to deal with the science of cultivating talent, but it is as certain and simple as the process of getting rich. However, do not hesitate or waver for fear that when you come to any certain place, you will fail for lack of ability. Keep right on, and when you come to that place, the ability will be furnished to you. 
the same source of ability which enabled the untaught Lincoln to do the greatest work in government ever accomplished by a single man is open to you. You may draw upon all the mind there is for wisdom to use in meeting the responsibilities which are laid upon you. Go on in full faith. Study this book. Make it your constant companion until you have mastered all the ideas contained in it. While you are getting firmly established in this faith, you will do well to give up most recreations and pleasure and to stay away from places where ideas conflicting with these are advanced in lectures or sermons. Do not read pessimistic or conflicting literature or get into arguments upon the matter. Do very little reading. Again, obviously I don't agree with him there. Outside of the writers mentioned in the preface, spend most of your leisure time in contemplating your vision and in cultivating gratitude and in reading this book. It contains all you need to know of the science of getting rich, and you will find all the essentials summed up in the following chapter. Chapter 17, Summary of the Science of Getting Rich. There is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which in its original state permeates, penetrates, and fills the interspaces of the universe. A thought in this substance produces the thing that is imaged by the thought. Man can form things in his thought and by impressing his thought upon formless substance can cause the thing he thinks about to be created. In order to do this, man must pass from the competitive to the creative mind. Otherwise, he cannot be in harmony with the formless intelligence, which is always creative and never competitive in spirit. Man may come into full harmony with the formless substance by entertaining a lively and sincere gratitude for the blessings it bestows upon him. Gratitude unifies the mind of man with the intelligence of substance so that man's thoughts are received by the formless. Man can remain upon the creative plane only by uniting himself with the formless intelligence through a deep and continuous feeling of gratitude. Man must form a clear and definite mental image of the things he wishes to have, to do, or to become. And he must hold this mental image in his thoughts while being deeply grateful to the Supreme that all his desires are granted to him. The man who wishes to get rich must spend his leisure hours in contemplating his vision and in earnest thanksgiving that the reality is being given to him. Too much stress cannot be laid on the importance of frequent contemplation of the mental image coupled with unwavering faith and devout gratitude. This is the process by which the impression is given to the formless and the creative forces set in motion. The creative energy works through the established channels of natural growth and of the industrial and social order. All that is included in his mental image will surely be brought to the man who follows the instructions given above and whose faith does not waver. What he wants will come to him through the ways of established trade and commerce. In order to receive his own when it shall come to him, man must be active, and this activity can only consist in more than filling his present place. He must keep in mind the purpose to get rich through the realization of his mental image, 
and he must do every day all that can be done that day, taking care to do each act in a successful manner. He must give to every man a use value in excess of the cash value he receives, so that each transaction makes for more life. And he must so hold the advancing thought that the impression of increase will be communicated to all with whom he comes in contact. The men and women who practice the foregoing instructions will certainly get rich. And the riches they receive will be in exact proportion to the definiteness of their vision, the fixity of their purpose, the steadiness of their faith, and the depth of their gratitude. The end. I do hope you have enjoyed this reading of The Science of Getting Rich, Financial Success Through Creative Thought by Wallace D. Waddles. As I mentioned in the first segment, this book is in the public domain because it is quite old. (laughs) So that was one of the reasons I chose to read it to you. And additionally, the Lucrative Society members are having a book club on June 29th to discuss this book. If you are interested in that kind of thing, check out what we're up to at lucra.com slash TLS. That's lucra.com slash TLS. That is information on the Lucrative Society membership. You can learn about everything else that we have going on in addition to this book club. And if you are interested, I would welcome you to join us. I'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Lucrative Society on iTunes. And please leave a review of the podcast. Visit lucra.com for transcripts and resources or to become a member of the Lucrative Society where I coach purpose-based entrepreneurs on business, mindset, and heartset. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.